The Anton Savage Show on News Talk. I'm joined by Brianna Parkins, journalist and John Lee, executive editor of the Daily Mail. And I suppose where we have to start is what we were talking to Alistair Campbell about earlier on, which is the news that Boris Johnson has resigned in the face of Brianna, what he describes as a witch hunt. Is he the victim of, of uh, forces against him? Is he the poor innocent in all of this? Um, I quite enjoy... Um, the parting shot. I don't know if it happens so much in, in Irish style politics, but it definitely happens in the sort of Australian UK by Carmel, you know, sitting in you know, on a chamber with both sides being very aggressive to each other. And when someone has to resign for various reasons or just because they might be doing it out of spite um, to call an election for that seat there, um, they do the parting shot, which is to kind of discredit what ha- happens after that. So in his case, he's you know throwing around words like kangaroo court. Um, he's been forced out anti-democratically. There's egregious bias. Um, so you see all those words floating in. And it just reminds me a lot of Simon Cooper's book, Chums, which was about how uh, sort of Tories around Boris Johnson's generation went to Oxford and <coughs> they were involved in debating societies and uh, they would just spin rhetoric. And if someone actually strayed into any kind of truth or territory or brought in evidence to support their argument, they would boo and say facts because that was really boring. So I love seeing that sort of style come back into play uh, during his resignation speech, which is but try he, and distract, like, try and use really big words. He gave it loads. I mean, I have received a letter from the Privileges Committee making it clear, much to my amazement, that they are determined to use the proceedings against me to drive me out of Parliament. They have still not produced a shred of evidence that I knowingly or recklessly misled uh, the common... This is my favourite part, right? So this is, again, goes back to Simon Cooper's book, Chums, read it, it's fantastic. But the fact that he's gone with that I knowingly or recklessly misled, not I did not mislead. Yes, because we all know, I mean, there is no, that is empirically, objectively true that, I mean, I, he had to apologise for misleading them. So he adds the caveat and he then goes on, um, John, later in the statement to quote all of the wonder of his time. <coughs> First of all, he claims to be an MP since 2001, leaving out the period of about seven years when he wasn't, when he was Mayor of London, but that's an aside. He says, just a few years after winning the biggest majority in almost half a century and then he goes on to criticise the current Conservative saying why have, why have we so passively abandoned the prospect of a free trade deal with the US why have we junked measures to help people into housing or to scrap EU directives or to promote animal welfare he's throwing the kitchen sink at it isn't he yeah, uh, it, it, it's an unusual statement in the sense I, I your guest Alistair Campbell, who I um, listened to before we came on, but I also listened to his emergency podcast that he does with Rory Stewart. And Rory Stewart, a Tory, pointed out that Johnson was noted for his um, his great skill as, and still is noted for his great skill as a columnist, the 800-word column, and he put it all together. This is a rambling, Trumpian self-justification that's unusual for him. It's, 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 it, it, does, it does bang of panic. Um, and he's. This is a political stunt, so I wouldn't really read that much into the into the statement. Johnson would probably make some uh, attempt at returning, but um, it's not gone well from uh, of late. He is he tried and failed to come back at, um, at Rishi Sunak uh, dur- during the le- last leadership contest after Truss went. Uh, there's been a couple of other attempts at rebellions, notably over Northern Ireland, and they haven't they haven't come off for him. So yeah, there's. But you see, the thing, John, that I wonder about is from from Johnson's perspective, does he measure success by whether or not he has a senior political position, or does he measure success just by the fact that people are looking at him, paying attention to him, and he can monetize that? Well, I, I don't even think it's about monetization anymore. I mean, he will make his he will make his money and is currently making it. It's 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 an obsession with being the center of attention. It's it, he's more of a 
of a celebrity beast than he is a politician. And there are people speculating in the UK that his ambition now is to become leader of the opposition, which would suit him. Um, that he, he under, under, undermines Rishi Sunak. He hasn't the self-discipline or the ability or the focus to be a prime minister, but he certainly would be a wonderful man at the um, dispatch box throwing out Oscar Wildean um, Bon Mose, but not actually having to do any work. Well, his last <coughs> sentence in, in the, the statement of which you have so poo-pooed says, it is very sad to be leaving Parliament at least for now. If you are betting, Brianna, once this by-election is over and there is another election, do you think he'll stand again? Unless he can find some other position that will bring him the power without so much of the responsibility and oversight. And again, as John said, still be able to, maybe not in opposition, but maybe in some other sort of form of, you know, columnist or ending up on GB News, where he can just lob shots over the bow without actually, you know, being exposed or having to do anything. Why does, is, is it indicative of a change in the political movement? Because whatever about him as an individual, there's, there's some analysis now is conflating this and the indictments with Trump, which we will talk about more later on, and sort of suggesting that this may be the, the first of some nails in the coffin of populism. Do you have any sense of that? No, there will always be politicians and people who can dog whistle. There will always be an element of that. I think what we're seeing is maybe the decline of a wave of that. We're seeing people come off the crest of that potentially, but it will always be there. It will come back. What do you think, John? No, not at all. I think we're only starting to gather um, uh, historically the effects of the 2008 crash. There's been a fundamental collapse in trust for politi- for politicians, for the establishment. We see it in Ireland with the with the um, populists and they say it themselves, they are a left-wing populist party, Sinn Féin. Um, they will be in power next time, undoubtedly here. And no, I think forever a combination of, um, <clears throat> excuse me, a combination of a lack of trust in the establishment that came about from the 2008 crash, uh, the, the rise of the internet a, 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 as a tool, and Trump is, but Johnson are the, the, the standard bearers for all of that. Everything that's thrown at them is a hoax. Um, people believe that they think it's a hoax and they, they think it's a hoax too and on they go. And I wouldn't rule out any man, um, either Johnson or Trump, in the coming years. And I think populist, populism will only rise until conciliatory consensus politicians start to understand what they're facing. And uh, even if you understand what you're facing, what do you do to contend with it? Well, because that's the tricky thing. I mean, in, 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 in an era where what gets rewarded is the capacity to get trending and get attention and to, uh, rather than to have any kind of, of reason, debate or analysis, how do you, how do you fight that? Let, let's concentrate on on Ireland because that's the, that's the I can answer that question in our context. Um, we have um, an elite of politicians that have been in power in Ireland for so long that um, I think a very obvious, a very obvious way, whether the parties, political parties here have the corporate self-knowledge to do this, is to move on to a new generation of politicians. The same group of politicians have been through our crash years in power, are still in power. Leo Varadkar, for instance, is a young man, but he's been a cabinet minister since 2011, um, where they brought Ireland through a, a period, yeah, of recovery, but... A lot of mistakes were made. He has been in power all the time. Mihal Martin has been a cabinet minister since 1997. A lot of the people around him are around too long. And I think fundamentally in understanding that the personnel are a problem. And then let's move into policy. Policy will always win through when you're dealing with populism. 
populist parties will get into power and when, when it quickly be, um, becomes apparent here that they can't deal with the housing problems, the, way, uh, the housing disaster, the way they say they will, reasoned, intelligent politics will win through. But I think the first move is to start to understand a lot of people around too long. Are you as sanguine about this as John is? I remember in 2016 being absolutely certain that there wasn't a chance that Donald Trump would would get through the democratic system because reasoned, sensible people would see through him. Well, in America, in Australia, I'd say a small part in the UK, you had the big ignored middle, which essentially was a group of people who traditionally would have voted Labour, Democrat. These were your ex sort of factory workers who have now transitioned into sort of light blue collar sales and service jobs and they've become deunionized which means that they're not maybe necessarily traditionally represented by Labour or left-leaning parties anymore and they're maybe voting aspirationally towards the right, but they don't really trust those right policies either, so right politics either, or they don't believe in sort of that, you know, neoliberalism or that sort of economic freedom. They want a bit of support there still. So populist parties and and populist figures lead into that because, like, you guys have been forgotten about, but we're here to listen to you. And they can whip that around things like immigration and Brexit, things that are saying, look, if we we lost our way because we've joined up with other countries, we've let too many people in, we've forgotten. We've forgotten about you guys. Your wages have stagnated. Your children can't buy homes. But we're going to fix that for you. But they don't actually fix it. They don't go into that on a policy level. They point the blame at something else and then can whip up votes that way. So that's what I think we're seeing a little bit there is sometimes it's a policy failure by traditional parties to get things right. I don't agree that Sinn Féin is a populist party. Um, well, did you I... say it themselves, Brianna? Did you say it themselves? And in a long interview with Owen O'Brien done with a UCD podcast, he has pointed out that he, and this is, it's not a slur when they say it themselves. We are a left-wing populist party. And I would also point oh, out... hang on for a minute, Brianna. Do you oh, want sorry, to come back yeah. on that? I don't think the entire party is a populist party. They say but it themselves. I think, I think traditional political parties in Ireland have made it a really easy job. I mean, the policy failures have stacked up over the years into this disaster. There's always been a kind of a bit of weak policy making, even now looking at the how we're going about pensions and mandatory enrolment. It's completely a watered down system of systems we know that work internationally. While we are talking about the Irish system, the front page of your paper, John, the uh, Irish Daily Mail leads with concerns over pay rises for top civil servants. And if you're looking for things that may disenfranchise those who are struggling with the uh, increase in inflation and the increase in costs, this may be it. It says the cabinet is to consider a massive pay rise for secretaries general across government departments amid fears it will spark pay hike demands for all civil servants. You know, I wrote a column on this last week. When, when, you, when you talk about a loss of faith in the establishment, uh, secretaries general are part of that elite. You know, I would point out that the much maligned politicians uh, are on far less money than the, the than um, these civil servants. Uh, the, um, and and to take one salary sorry, as, as just as, as case in point for salaries within the story written by John Drennan in your part, part uh, paper. The salary of the Department of Health Secretary General Robert Watt is €297,869. It's it's on pause now because of a controversy that rose up around um, that particular individual, but the, 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 it has sparked a flood of um, expectation amongst other Secretaries General that they will get pay rises. €297,000. I'm all for I'm all for private sector um, executives getting paid relative to the earnings of that company. That's their business. Um, our Taoiseach, it should be pointed out, Leo Varadkar is on 185 grand a year. These people, these individuals, these civil servants, are on far more money, 
I'm yet to see, as happens in other um, institutions in Ireland, where the competition comes from. Okay, I'm not, I, I'm not, I'm not hanging around here. Uh, I'm not getting enough money. Two hundred and fifty grand isn't enough for me. And gone elsewhere. Where else are you going to go as a civil servant who has spent your entire career in the? In well, the, well, surely the argument the, would be that in part it is expectation it, on the on the on the on the secretary general of the Department of Housing for a pay rise. Now, is there any is there any relation to the performance of that department? What if the argument, no, 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 what if the argument then, Brianna, that they are, whatever the level of commitment to public service, there has to be some level of of competition against the private sector. And if you were the chief executive of an entity, which was ultimately responsible for, if not the delivery, at least the policy relating to the delivery of the health system for the entire nation, you would expect a pay packet of several hundred thousands, if not a million. And maybe some class A drugs to cope with all the stress with that, you know, you'd hope. Um, but it's interesting because comparatively, internationally, Ireland has extremely high levels of public service pay. But when you compare private sector and sort of wages, Ireland pays a lot less. So I don't know where this assertion that we would not be able to attract talent if we slightly lowered the 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 public pay packages down. I don't know if the private sector is in fact paying those huge wages for that job. What do you think, John, in terms of the implications of this? Because surely if you do okay a senior level pay rise, what you get is everybody down the ranks saying, well, we all roll over one in the bed. Uh, you know, again, um, I'm not fundamentally uh, against high pay, hoping for it to come my way someday. But um, <laughs> sure, it, it, there, is a, there is a particular situation here. And you look at the, the, the salary of the Taoiseach, the salary of TDs, uh, salaries of TDs are some somewhere about what they were 20 years ago because they took what the public deemed as a requisite pay cut after the catastrophe we had here in 2008. And again, I go back to that period and I've written this a number of times. Politicians suffered. Brian Cowan, whatever one thinks of, of, of what the man deserved, his political career was destroyed. He has suffered from it, I think, personally, post his political career. Bertie O'Hearn's political career was, was coming to an end. Many other politicians saw their political careers destroyed. Not one, politi- not one senior civil servant <coughs> was ever disciplined for what happened here. Um, not one civil servant um, was asked to properly explain what happened at the Department of Finance, where there was the permanent the permanent government there. And now it appears that their their salaries are surging back, surging back to where they were. And I think it's appalling. Can I ask John a question? Why is there a lack of accountability in sort of a culture of no one losing their jobs or you know heads not being rolled over things? Blame the English. Um, <laughs> you can't. You can't keep blaming the English. They haven't been here for a hot minute. This is this is a civil service we inherited, and how we ran the country in in 1922 was we we whole whole scale adopted the British civil service, which was set set up. Let's not get too historical about it. To to accommodate amateur politicians in the 19th century in Britain. And there's been no fundamental change to it. So you see a guy can wander through, I'm not picking on any individual, can wander through the civil service for 30, 40 years without any real measurable way of of, of seeing how he's performed well or badly. And you just get there. So it's it seems in, endemically impossible to reform the civil service in that sense when it comes okay. to payment. If you have a view on that, 53106 at a cost of 30 cent or you can WhatsApp us 087-1400-106. I feel given the um, nature of what we've been discussing, we need something to brighten the mood slightly. So some of this maybe. Tastes like strawberries on a summer evening And it sounds just like a song 
So that's the sound of Harry Styles. He says with great confidence as if he knows that that's the sound of Harry Styles. Total news to me. Apparently we are out of feather boas because there has been a run on them. This is the required uniform if you're heading for Slane. How significant is Harry Styles' arrival to Slane, Brianna? Um, maybe not significant to me because I'm old and haggard, but definitely to younger women. Um, Harry Styles has sort of done this amazing rebrand from sort of generic sort of pop group boy into... To smoking hot Bowie type. Yeah, to that sort of gender bending, um, gender fluid type. And of course, he had the scandal with Olivia Wilde as well. And they were, well, they were dating. They made a movie. The movie wasn't... Well, I don't think his acting was great. And my favourite part was Harry Styles... Very talented singer, very talented, uh, eh, semi-talented actor. But when you ask him a question in a press conference, he was like, you know, tell us about this movie. And he's like, it just feels like a movie. It just, it's just a movie. That was his uh, sell at a press conference. So, yeah, very talented in lots of areas. Maybe don't ask him questions. Big fan, John? Um, well, my daughter's of an age now that she's my Spotify. So, um I'm I like I I could say now I'm a, I'm a fan of Megan Trainer and I wouldn't have known who she was a year ago. I think she's fantastic and um and um Miley she's saw about that base. And I'd be more familiar her. with her father. So I'm I'm sure Harry Styles has come through my Spotify feed. It seems <laughs> seems pretty good. Very uh, you know like so much else in pop. There's nothing particularly new there. You mentioned in your intro for him uh, Bowie. He cites Bowie as a hero. He also cites Elvis uh, as one. Um, Freddie Mercury, Elton John, they've all played that androgynous card down the years. Elvis, people should note, was was slagged off and insulted for being somewhat of a, an effeminate figure was the word they used in, the, in, in those days. So he seems pretty good, seems pretty pretty good in the, um, musically. And he's got people out in the streets, I noticed this morning on the way in in their boas, boa boa constrictors <laughs> boas <laughs> on the way yeah. to Slain good well, luck Slain is a long day Slain is a long day but if the weather is good and it looks like it might be there's no better place to be we wish everybody luck if they are heading in the direction of Slain and Harry Styles big thank you to Brianna Parkins and John Leaf The Anton Savage Show Saturday morning at 9 on News Talk.